This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, good Monday evening to you, and thanks for joining us uh, tonight once again on the Eskimo Show uh, with uh, head coach Jason Moss, who is uh, once again in studio. How are you, Jason? Doing great, doing great. Uh, 3-0, a big win on uh, Friday night over uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, a, a tight one, went right down to the wire. Uh, first off, tell me collectively about the start, 3-0. and you got to be pretty happy with where you are. I know the line is happy but not satisfied, but things have gone, with a lot of things going against you, injury-wise especially, things have gone pretty well for you. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be a better start to the year than what we're at right now presently. I mean, to be 3-0 and is your goal to start the year, you, you know, people always say you can't go undefeated, but you tell me the games you're going to lose. I mean, no one wants to lose. So when there's three up and three down, it, it feels good. I feel like we're uh, going in the right direction as well uh, with uh, the things that we feel important about, uh, our work ethic, you know, the, the how hard we work and all those things and getting along as a team, you know, each and every day that grows and the confidence from wins gets greater and, and it's a good thing. 23-21 over the Ottawa Red Blacks on Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. How difficult was it, or was it difficult to wait out that uh, two-point convert attempt by the Red Blacks at the end of the game? Um, you know, I, to be quite honest with you, I felt, you know, going into the game, you know, Benny and I sat in the office and we talked about the game plan on the defensive side of the ball and kind of what the plan was on two-point converts and how he was going to defend them. Um, you know, and we felt both of us felt very confident that he'd be able to stop him. So um, when it came down to a two-point conversion at the end, uh, based on our conversations that we had during the week, it was up to the players to execute it, and I thought they executed the plan uh, flawlessly on both of them. See, that's amazing to me that that situation plays itself out and you're ready for it. I mean, that's what I love about football and, and coaching staffs. You, not much falls through the cracks in coaches' meetings, do they? I mean, you're talking about before the game the exact situation that decided the game. Yeah, no, that's it's it's really cool and that stuff happens. Um, you know, football is a game of adjustments. It's a chess chess match throughout the game generally uh, played by great athletes. I mean, they and the guys that understand the plans and understand the nuances that, you know, it, it's really cool to see plans executed and work. And, you know, uh, like I said, from that conversation we had, I think both of us, when the when they were moving the ball down the field, uh, knowing it was going to come down to a two-point conversion to tie, I think we were both confident we our guys would make the play at the end uh, based on our conversation. So it was pretty cool to see it. Uh, one of the guys making the play on that play was, was Odell Willis getting to the quarterback and getting his arms up. I talked to, to Mike Benavides today a little bit about Odell Willis, and he just was raving about how phenomenal he is playing and how much he has taken on and the leadership role and everything else. And we kind of decided between the two of us that his 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 bravado and his uh, his attitude and his his love for fun kind of sometimes overshadows just how good a football player he is. Yeah, I mean, I think Odell does it the right way. I think the one thing about Odell that I know you can you can do is count on him. I mean, he's going to come to practice every day ready to work. Um, he's got a great personality and one of my biggest uh, things I tell the team at the beginning of the year is don't be selfish and don't be an a-hole basically. And if you're none of those two things, be yourself. 
And if you are one of those two things, hide it, you know. But uh, Odell doesn't have to hide it. He's a great guy. He's a great locker room person. Uh, he's a leader. He's become more of a leader with JC's departure, um, being on the field and all that. But the way Odell, is, Odell plays is the way you want every football player to play. I mean, we have a motto is all gas and no break, and he's the one that came up with that motto. And, I mean, I just love how he plays. Is he always on like that? I mean, when we see him and, you know, we see him at practice, then we see him in interviews, and he's always, you know, the arms are always moving and the gums are always flapping and he always is having a good time. What's the other side of Odell Willis like in, in the meeting rooms and in discussions? I mean, I don't think people give him enough credit for his football IQ and how mm-hmm. serious he can be about football. I mean, what you guys see is him enjoying it, and that's really the fruits of the labor is after he's put in all the work behind the scenes, it's kind of his outlet, I think, playing football, being able to show people and have people enjoy coming to a game and, and all the little things about you know football uh, that everyone enjoys but Odell the thing about Odell that everyone doesn't see is how hard he works at it and how serious he is about all the little things about football the things that coaches care about and techniques and um, game plans and trying to be the best team we can be um, and him fitting in within all that stuff so I think that's what he's kind of become and I think that's what people fail to, to see is what kind of football mind he has and um, what kind of real player he is on and off the field. Just because you're having fun doesn't mean you're not working hard, right? No question. And that's, like I said, that's a model of mine. I mean, if you can't enjoy football, you can't enjoy coming to work every single day and working hard, it's hard to have people like that around. So the more guys we have like Odell, the more I think it rubs off on other people. Um, some other people are just, you know, maybe they just take it a little bit more seriously And they, as far as their demeanor. Not to say they're, that Odell's not taking it serious. It's just their demeanor doesn't allow them to smile, allow them to kind of show the enjoyment of football. Yeah. I kind of go the other way. I, I love the emotion. I love the, the care, the, the excitement that guys bring to it. And, um, you know, I love guys like Odell that do it that way. I'm, I'm sure we talk about your emotion. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of you on the sidelines after the two-point convert was missed. Uh, that was a big win for the club. Big win for you, too. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't shy about saying that it was a big, big game. I mean, I, I people ask me about my emotions tied into the game. And I, like I said before, I'm human. I, I have mo- emotions attached to things. When you lose to people, particularly when they're your friends and uh, colleagues and and you feel one-upped at times, you want to get them back. And I, I told the guys before the game, make this game personal. Find something that makes it personal because I think a lot of times when you find something personal in life, you have something more invested in it. I said, but once we find that it's personal, try to do that every week. <laughs> Let's try to stay motivated like that every week. So uh, it's not hard for me to find motivation. But uh, obviously that game... Uh, it was very easy. <laughs> uh, you proved it the first two weeks, and then again on Friday night, you can get points when you need them. Uh, you did it in the game in Vancouver late in the game. You were down 10 nothing in Montreal and came back. You were down 9 nothing in this game and came back. That seems to be one of the identities that's developing among uh, with your team, especially on, on the offensive side of the ball, is that if you need points, they're going to get it somehow. I don't know if you know that's a mentality, it's a mindset. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time, but uh, that's one of the model. Again, I go back to models about what you preach and what you really believe in. Things that you believe in, that's what coaching is about and, and culture is about. It's what you believe in. I believe in, in grinding and outworking people 
and never giving up on anything and don't go too high don't go too low and never think you're out of any game i've preached that since i've been here day one i feel like our team um believes that i think they play that way i think if you've watched us play football we'll play you down to the very end we'll fight for everything that we have um but at the end of the day i believe we do it the right way i think we prepare and generally when you prepare you're you're good people you work hard together good things tend to happen and so it's not luck. It's not anything like that. It's just good things tend to happen when you do it the right way. And I feel like we're doing a lot of things the right way. Are there, is there any concern for you with the, the slow starts to games, especially the last two? Yeah, I mean, uh, no one wants to start out slow as, as we have, particularly on the offensive side. Um, you know, but... You know, I've, I've had experience with doing this. And sometimes you look at what you're doing and, you know, you can't find a ton of fault in, in the game plans and what you're trying to accomplish. It's just sometimes that it's not getting executed. So, yeah, again, we we just look at solutions and we look at trying to do things a little differently. Um, my main thing this week was focus. I mean, it, it comes down to focus on every single play. It seems that we can focus really well in the second quarter and we can focus mostly through the game. That first quarter, our focus is just not there. Our execution is not there. So, you know, I, I don't know really, to be honest with you, what it takes. I, I, that's what I'm hanging my hat on this week is to say, let's just focus in a little bit more. Let's go over things a little bit more. Do we change some things? up sure we're going to change some things up but we're looking for solutions not the not, and answers not problems we've uh, of course got jason moss in studio with us tonight it's the eskimos coaches show for michener allen auctioneering we'll take a break be back with more we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the game on friday against ottawa and then uh, turn our eyes towards the hamilton tiger cats in the game on uh, thursday of this week it's a 5 30 kickoff four o'clock for the countdown to kickoff here on 6 30 ched with myself and dave campbell more with the coach when we come back at 7 43 on 6 30 ched <laughs> The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, the Eskimos are 3-0 and to start the season this year. They uh, won at home Friday night over the Ottawa Red Blacks. A short week for them as they head to Hamilton to play on Thursday night uh, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Jason, with a short week ahead, what is the biggest uh, the biggest thing you have to deal with in that? Is it the lack of preparation, the lack of practice, the lack of rest time? What is it that, that bothers you most about a short week? Probably a combination of all three, to be quite honest with you. I mean, your your practice week is shortened. Um, we combine our day one, our day two, so we basically, on a week-to-week basis, we have about 40 plays per day that we run, and we cut out 40 plays. So, you know, your game plans go down a little bit, uh, numbers-wise, and because uh, you try to rep every play that you you know every play you feel like you're going to run in a game you want to rep in practice at some point to see it on film and correct mistakes and whatnot and get guys comfortable with those plays so i think uh the biggest thing is is the prep and the practice time and you got to be conscientious of your players health and having their feet underneath them and all that particularly when you're going to travel travel east on, on a long trip so you know it's a combination of everything um but at the end of the day we do it uh, during the year a number of times and we're used to it we schedule it everyone knows it's happening so we've uh 
we've scheduled it this way and we know how to, how to combat it. Yeah, I guess everybody's, you know, guys who've been around a while, everybody gets a short week at some point in the season, every team, every player. And I guess it's, everybody's just got to learn how to deal with it in their own way to figure out how they have to get through it so they can be their best on game day. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's different for all, different for all sides of the ball, but it, a lot of it just comes into not being able to put as many things in because you want to be able to rep all the things you put in so you know at the end of the day if that gets shortened a little bit then you know your quality of practices are still high you're still good with that but uh the amount of plays that you normally would have in a game plan generally probably aren't that high what is it about that will linebacker position it seems this year you've had so much trouble there uh next man up number three guy now uh is just one of those things or uh, anything you can put your finger on? No, for I mean, I don't I don't think so. I mean, if we analyze D-Max's uh, linebacker drills, you know, from the start of training camp to now, <laughs> maybe we can look at that if we're saying it's one position. But I, I, I'd say that tongue-in-cheek because I don't think that's yeah. the, quite the case. Um, you know, sometimes in a given season, you'll have a rash of injuries at a certain position, and it just happens. And... You know, I felt like told people and people didn't believe me at the beginning of the year. The reason we went out and got Corey Greenwood is because of the depth we had at that position. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said before, it's gotten tested and it's going to get tested again, that quality of depth. But I still feel like we have the players here that can get the job done. And uh, we're going to rely heavily on that um, and obviously miss Adam while he's gone. But uh, those guys will step up. Uh, it's even, you almost got through a game too. It's like 40 seconds left when he gets hurt. It's, uh, it's, it's weird how it works that way sometimes. Eh? No question. Yeah. So you never know. That's what the old adage in, is saying play every play like it's your last because you don't know which one it's going to be. So uh, it's unfortunate. But like, like I said, we, we have that next man up mentality. And, you know, we're 3 and 0 with a number of key injuries and so it's not an excuse it's just an opportunity for somebody else uh you're you got some injuries at the linebacker spot you're down a guy at a couple of spots there you're uh one of your uh, corners was playing his first game one of your corners was playing his third game but yet your defense played a real strong game and 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 really was a backbone of the win i thought no question i mean i thought uh our secondary played extremely well i mean to give up you know, under 300 yards of offense to Ottawa is huge, and that that takes 12 guys to be able to do that. And the defensive backs had to hold their own with their receivers and Trevor Harris, who's accurate throwing the ball. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Mercy playing his first game at boundary corner, which is one of the hardest positions on the field to play. He had Arjun playing his third game of his career. Gary Peters has only started three games or four games in his career total, and only three at boundary half. So, I mean, we're pretty young. Uh, back there, but I give I attribute that to you know the upfront guys getting pressure, to to Mike coming up with good schemes to help them. Um, Baron Miles doing a great job with the secondary, getting them ready to play. You know, so it's a completely team a complete team effort when you're talking about young guys playing and playing well. And the defense not only played well, but they scored a point points, which is uh, that's just a bonus, right? Just mm-hmm. gravy. Yeah, I mean th- they did so many good things in that game. I mean, two two point conversions, they go for. Uh, a scoop and a score on a on a lateral, so score six points. Um, they had three, I believe, short yardage stops to knock them out of a drive, uh, and, and huge stops. I mean, you're, when you whenever you can stop an offense more than once on a second and two, second and three, if you can do that in the course of a game and not give them a yard and actually make them go back and make them punt the ball, 
It's amazing, and I, I think that was the, the best part of our defense that night was key situations. They stepped, st- stood on their head, as, as the goalies say. Uh, Trayvon Van ran for 100 yards. Uh, how did he grade out in the other parts of the game, especially protection? I, I, I'm not putting it on him, but it seemed like Mike Riley saw a little bit more pressure in this game than he'd seen in the yeah, first Yeah, I two. mean, the, the pressure most likely was coming from um, miscommunications more than anything. It wasn't anything they... Uh, physically, you know, when you play against Ottawa, usually physically they just throw you back there and they do so much stuff up front. I thought we did a pretty good job handling a lot of those things. Two of the sacks were just complete miscommunication. So uh, I thought Trayvon held his own. Um, again, we compare him to John White, who I believe, like I said yeah. before, he I think he's one of the best, most physical backs in the league at blocking. Trayvon did a great job. Um, he'll get tested again this week, but uh, I think every week, the more comfortable he gets the, with our schemes, he can do it physically. I know that. Um, and then catching the ball and running the ball is what he's natural at. So, you know, if we can get him more comfortable in the blocking schemes and more comfortable doing those things without him thinking a lot, I mean, I think his ability is just going to take over and he's going to be that guy we envision. So against Montreal, then against Ottawa, he passed his first two tests, it looks like? No question, and those aren't two easy tests to pass. So I, I thought I think he's on the right track. Uh, going to Hamilton now to play, take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Thursday night. Uh, it, how, do you, how difficult is it, or is it difficult to prepare for a team that is in their situation? They're 0-3. They're struggling in a lot of areas of the football game. What's your mindset got to be going into that well, game? Well, the first thing I did this week is look at, I mean, I, I'm watch, I watch all the games. So when I was watching the game and they put up the uh, a, a thing on the TV that said, the slow starts Hamilton's had since 2012. And two of the years stuck out to me, 13 and 14, where they went to the Great Cup. They started out 1-4 and four and 1-6, and six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the first thing I used as a bulletin board for our team to understand that slow starts mean nothing. In this league, if you do not play well every week, you can get beat by anybody. I can assure you of that. So I want our team to understand that. I don't look at their record. Look at the fact that they've played the last two games. In the fourth quarter, I can stop the game. At some point in the fourth quarter, is a one-score game no matter what. So you have to play 60 minutes to beat them. Um, they're tough. They're resilient. I watched them play last year, come back against us when they were down, come back against BC when they were down. I think they did it another time when they were down like that, I think against Ottawa, in fact. So they're one of those teams that just doesn't die. They don't quit. you got to kill them. And our mindset going into this game is I don't care what the record is. We worry about ourselves. We play up to our abilities. We take care of the ball, take care of our quarterback, you know, limit our penalties and play good, solid football, I feel like we're always going to win those games. But if you do anything less than that, you're going to lend yourself for, for headaches you don't need. You said look after your penalties. Friday night was probably your best night penalty-wise, was it not? Yeah, I mean, we had eight for 64. I may have had one more than that. They just declined. Um, but they beat us in that department. They were five for 50. So we're channeling in the right direction. Uh, but still, that's, you know, keys to our success or turnover ratio and penalties and I feel like if you're always in the top top two in the league at both of those you're going to probably have the best uh, record in the league and that's what our goals are so you know we're not quite there yet so we still have to get on our guys and they have to keep buying into it but definitely a step in the right direction going to Hamilton this week what's your uh, what's your uh, your day like on on game day when you're on the road how different is it from when you're at home um, well, kids aren't yeah. kids aren't mostly around. Wife's not around. Mom's not around. So I just relax. I love the late day. I, I lay in bed. I watch film. Um, 
you know, to look over our game plan one more time. I watch TV, you know, get a workout in if I can. I just relax. I mean, the thing about that people don't realize about coaches is how much sleep deprivation there is in our profession. So uh, sleeping is a priority on game day for me. So I want to be as well rested as I can going into that night. Um, so I, I look forward to those kinda, days. Game day is kind of like a day off on the road. Well, then, you know, or as close as you're ever going to get to it. Yeah, it is, and particularly on a long week. You know, when we have a short week and you're on the road, you're usually working that day for the next opponent, to be quite honest with you. Um, but, you know, when you have a long week like we have coming home, It'll be, trust me, a rest of the day, getting ready to play this opponent and not worrying about nothing else. You've got Hamilton two of the next three games. Does that work into any of your game prep? Um, you know what? I mean, it will. I mean, the next time you play them, you know, they'll have played one game after us, so we'll watch that game, but a lot of it will be watching how they played us and what schemes they did against us that we weren't prepared for and whatnot and physical uh, what physical matchups one-on-one, what we can take it advantage of or, or need to address um, but it does work in your advantage for scouting for you know prep it's a mm-hmm. lot different when you've just played that opponent for yeah, sure for sure Jason thanks as always for your time uh, good luck to you coming up on Thursday night in Hamilton I appreciate it all right it is in uh, f- let's see 530 start uh, four o'clock for the countdown to kickoff show here on 630 Ched for Michener Allen auctioneering that is the Eskimos coaches show with Jason Moss my name is Morley Scott have a great night everybody Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. On Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad.